everyone and welcome to the Sanya Faruqi show. Today we have somebody joining us from Bangladesh, Dr. Sakya Haq, a doctor who loves to travel and she started an organization named Travelettes of Bangladesh with Dr. Manushi Saha with the motto of empowering women through traveling, which currently has around 58,000 female members. She's also the first woman in Bangladesh to travel all around the country in motorcycles and interacted with schoolgirls and enlightened them about their menstrual health and arranged workshops on self-defense. Currently, she is working as a government doctor and treating patients at the largest refugee camp in the world. Dr. Sakya, thank you so much. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on the Sanya Faruqi show today. Thank you, Sanya. The pleasure is mine. I'm really honored to be here. And I look forward to our conversation. I'm really, really um, keen to find out what made you start Travelettes of Bangladesh in the country five years ago. I mean, it's the coolest job in the world. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think so, because um, that that's what I was passionate about. So other than being a doctor, I really wanted to travel. So. That is the reason we started with the Travelers of Bangladesh and to just to feel, fulfill our passion and bring the girls in and let other girls know about uh, how they can travel in the country, which was not that well appreciated back four and, four and five years ago. So that, that was the motto to empower women through traveling. Yeah, you're also a doctor and you've pursued a career that demands you know, both commitment, dedication, and energy, whether you are practicing your medicine or you're, um, you know, practicing, not practicing, but when you're traveling and you're on the road. So how do you juggle both these professions? And especially now during the pandemic, how has it changed? Well, uh, at first, when we started the Travelers of Bangladesh, it was back in 2016. And we were medical students then. We, are not, uh, we were not doctors yet. So when we started, it was easier to manage our studies and get a, you know, a vacation. And after that, uh, after, I mean, we became doctors at 2019. Uh, so after that, after being a doctor, it was hard to manage, but it was already around three years of our organization. And we had a committee members. We had uh, people to look after the organization, even if we couldn't give enough time and plan the future events, we had more and more girls who were into this organization. So we could leave the other works and projects onto them so they could handle all that. And we could actually focus on being doctors. And among this uh, pandemic, it was very hard for us because, you know, as for Travelers of Bangladesh, this is a travel organization and we take girls to different destinations in the country. It might be hiking, trekking, or even some relaxed tour in a non-profit way. So we already had 98 events by far, where we took girls in different parts of the country. And generally we take around 36 to 72 girls. So because of the COVID, uh, our organization could not actually go and take the girls anymore because this is the COVID situation because the country was under lockdown. So what we did was we started fundraising and we started helping the areas who, which were affected by uh, you know, hunger because all the country was under lockdown and they, they didn't have any kind of food. The areas where we traveled, it was so far away from the cities, the, from the main towns that the people were starving back there. So we started fundraising and tried to help those people, those families. We helped around 289 families for seven days. 
So that is what we did in the COVID situation because we can't travel. So we tried to help the traveling community uh, who are who always helped us. Yeah. So I want to understand, uh, you know, tell us about your journey. Tell us about um, the first, perhaps the first week when you decided to sit on a motorcycle bike and just take off. Because like we discussed earlier, women sitting on bikes is a rare sight in Bangladesh. And um, for you to do that across almost 64 districts, if I'm not wrong, you traveled across all of them. It was an all women's team. And, um, you know, just you know, share your journey. Tell us what was it like to be on the road? I mean, anybody would love to do that, but uh, share your experience with us. Uh, thank you, Sanya. So uh, the story is quite long, but I try to narrow it down a bit. So um, in 2017, in April, we suddenly thought that, you know, we, we want to take travelers to another dimension. We want to do something actively and in all the parts of the country. So Bangladesh has 64 districts. So we planned that we would take motorcycles because motorcycles gives us, I believe that motorcycles gives us freedom. Your hair will flow. You will have amazing view. You can stop wherever you want. It's not like a, uh, you know, it's not like a car. It's not buses. So it would, it gives a sense of freedom more. So, and no, nobody, no girls have uh, done that before us. So we wanted to prove that women can do it because everybody, everybody was against it. Our family or society was against it. They were like, you can't do it. Have you ever seen a woman driving? It was very rare sight back then. So now a lot of women drive scooters and motorcycles, but back then it was quite a rare sight. So what we did was we uh, took two scooters and I was in one of them and Manushi was in one of them. I mean, we had two other girls in our back seats and we couldn't drive well back then. <laughs> so it was very, uh, it was very tough, uh, but, but, there were, you know, there were rickshaws crossing uh, crossing us and there were bicycles crossing us and the rickshaw pullers would look at us uh, and laugh because we were so slow. We were driving at like <laughs> 10 to 50 kilometers per hour. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a disaster. So, um, but we, we went, uh, we started from Dhaka and we reached the next district and it took us around three hours. But now if we drive, it would take around 15 minutes. So, that slow we were so people were laughing and um so, uh, with time we increased our pace and now we can drive at 80 to 90 kilometer per hour uh, yeah we can drive well now after the 64 days but yeah there were so many um, difficulties um because on the road there were people who would you know uh, if tease us like what has the world come to I mean, the world is going to end because women are driving now. What am I seeing? It was like that. And you know, the Kiamat, they say that the world has ended or world is coming to an end. And uh, they would like cat whistle and they would call us names. Um, and the drivers would like put us, if, if they come in line with us, they would see that it is a girl. Then they would go back and then they would push us in the side of the doors. So it was very tough and we did have some major accidents, uh, around four major accidents, but luckily nothing happened to us. But it was an amazing journey as well. I mean, um, yeah, other than few negativities, everyone took it so positively and that motivated us to actually complete the 64 districts. It took us around two year, one month to do that because we had our jobs as well. So we did our jobs, took some vacations, then went again, 
and then came back and did the doc doctory thing and <laughs> treated patients and went back again. So it was like that. So that is why it took us two years and one month, but we successfully completed it. And it was, uh, it was an amazing journey and we had like thousands of stories to tell. Yeah, I'm sure it just sounds like a journey of a lifetime. I mean, anyone would love to do this. But uh, keeping all the challenges and everything in mind, um, you were also uh, conducting workshops for young girls on menstrual hygiene and, and healthcare. So, you know, tell us a little about that and about, you know, your experience of uh, each time you visited a school. Um, and does being a doctor add more to the purpose of your travels and your travel logs? Okay, so we didn't want to make this only a traveling thing. We had, I mean, traveling was obviously a part, but we also wanted to, you know, go to the root level, talk with women, what they're facing, and actually do interact with them. So what we believed is uh, it is hard to pour something in a cup which is already full. So that was the reason behind choosing school-going girls, because we've felt that we could motivate them more. And they had enough um, area in their minds to actually catch and grasp the idea of empowerment. So that was our uh, main idea. And what we wanted to do is when we traveled all around the 64 districts, we went to one school per district. And we, we actually arranged workshops over there. So the workshop was based on four topics about Bangladesh and tourism. Trust me, all of Bangladesh is never found in Google. So you can only find like two or three scores which are focused on because I don't think the country is still uh, technologically, you know, that uh, improved yet to actually focus all, all those uh, beautiful spots in the country. So, so we wanted to prove to the girls that Bangladesh is very beautiful, which is actually true. And we wanted to talk about our liberation war. We also talked about menstrual and reproductive health, and we conducted a workshop on self-defense. So as we, on our personal journey, had faced a lot of teasing, a lot of harassments and bullying, so we decided that it is time we showed women that they can stand up for themselves. Yeah, it is it's not possible to you know, fight a overgrown man uh, who is like 70 or 80 kg. But the thing is, if you have confidence enough, if you have reflex enough, you can actually flee the situation and save yourself. So yeah. because of the rising rape cases back then, uh, it was a great idea and uh, it empowered a lot of women. And the idea about uh, teaching women their menstrual health was, at first, personally, I thought that, yeah, it, it might not be that necessary a topic because I felt like everybody knows about it. But when we actually went outside the towns and we talked with women who are in the villages, it was uh, it was very, I mean, sometimes the answers were hilarious. Like someone said, this menstruation is like a curse of God. Uh, someone said, this is a paranormal activity. And we were like, what? It was a good decision to talk about this. We felt like this. So yeah, so we, uh, we tried to connect the girls in a very friendly and very interactive way. We showed them animations, we showed them cartoons and, uh, we told them what actually menstruation is. And trust me, uh, around 95% of the girls didn't have any idea what menstruation is. They were all like, it is like, um, it is a, it is just a bad blood. What that, That's what they say. It is bad blood and nothing else. They don't have any idea. And sometimes they don't even use sanitary pads. They don't have idea about sanitary pads. So as a doctor, it was very helpful. 
because this was a topic which we could we would actually sink in because whenever they told us about any kind of problems like dysmenorrhea menorrhagia um or like uh, menstrual irregularities we could actually explain it to them and actually treat them because we were already doctors so yeah. it helped uh, a lot of girls i mean we gave them our hotline numbers as well they used to call us even after our um journey ended and they used to take suggestions from us and after our event after a workshop at one district there would be hundreds of questions from one girl so we would love to have uh solved this those problems and tell them which is right and which is wrong so i think as a medical person and actually knowing the reproductive health and uh, menstruation so it helped a lot of girls and uh, i know that we conducted workshop in only one school per district it is not enough but what what we did was we tried and per school there were like 500 girls to the minimum so we reached around after the whole journey we reached around more than 23000 girls so yeah because of this populated country it might not seem enough we could do more which we are planning but back then it was quite a journey yeah but did you face any opposition from the community or from the local district or from any officials because you are empowering and talking about a subject which is quite which sounds like it's quite still a taboo for that particular area did you face any any challenges in that way were you harassed or were you asked to leave or not come here and speak to the girls yeah that that is a good question actually um first thing what we faced was whenever this went public because you know this was the first time two girls or four girls were actually going around the country in motorcycles that was something that people never saw and uh, there were some news as well from the national and some international organizations and pages so there were so bad comments from the people from some bangladeshi people that we were really mortified and it was like uh, if you come to my district we are going to rape you and things were like that and we were uh, i was personally very devastated about it uh, my partner manushi was more like don't even look at the comments and then i realized that she is actually right we don't we should not actually look at the comments and i was very very uh, sad about it that uh, we are trying to change this thing we are trying to bring this positivity positive change people on our face should not or did not say things like that they said it behind our back or in facebook comments so later i uh, stopped seeing the comments at all and in real life i mean other than the virtual world uh we faced two major incidents um one is in the southern part and one is in the southern east part i don't want to mention the district because uh the schools that uh the the things that we face is not the you know the district is not responsible for that so i don't want to mention that so the thing was that yeah the principal of that school i remember that very um clearly that the principal of the school like the headmaster he uh came to introduce us in the gathering of the women school going girls and he said that do you know who are to blame for the eftising and the girls were like silent because it's their headmaster they don't want to even reply and the headmaster then say it's you because you laugh so much you you know you attract me and we were like thunderstruck because that's what we wanted to prove and there were medias in front of us as well i mean it is recorded so uh we were like what is he saying i mean we are here we are going to conduct this workshop in in his school but what is he saying 
but later we tried to talk to him about it as well and we try i mean we did our workshop too so when uh, at last when he said that i don't know if his inner idea got changed or not but we tried to prove that it is wrong and we at least told the girls that the first thing that we started with was it's not your fault and uh, other incident uh, that happened was like they didn't want us to i mean at first we would actually talk to the schools first and then do the workshop so uh, so whenever school didn't want us we actually didn't go there so we actually took permission prior going there so, but whenever we, we went to this school the headmistress it was a woman she was like shoving us away and shoving the students away you know don't don't listen to them just just do this workshop and go it was like that so we were very sad uh, it it was like around in the first three months of our journey and we were we were very childish we are still childish maybe but we were very childish to actually take that into our heart and be sad about it for days but still we uh, when there were some positive comments and positivities from around the people and whenever we went to a school after the workshop there the girls would actually jump on our scooters and try to take photos and they would say that please give us rides uh, and we would take two or three girls behind us and actually give them rides so it was very um, fun and it was very uh, you know it was close to the heart so that is the reason i uh, we started and continued on the journey and left away the bad comments yeah but were you aware as women the risks and challenges of being on the road like you said the society was is still very conservative they're still not used to seeing women being free women being brave and bold and you know riding bikes what about your own personal safety how did you manage or how did you cope with you know when you're on the road and you're just four women and you like you said there were eve teasing and cat calling going on did did that frighten you did that make you think at any point that you know you should not continue doing this or it's dangerous or something harmful could actually happen to you or your teammates Oh, actually it is the other way i mean it was more like if someone is not helping to do it we are going to do it it was more like that so whenever people like say bad comments we felt like we should do this and prove them wrong and uh, yeah we were aware of it i mean uh, at the family and society level they were not agreed my parents were not um, letting me go but we did it anyway and then later they understood that it is not a bad thing it is not like i'm doing some robbery or uh, we are stealing something so they were fine with it after one and a half year and the society they say different things and we tried our family to know or understand that you know you should not listen to everyone i don't know if that worked or not but as for the safety uh, on the roads we always use helmets and you know uh, bodyguards and knee caps so that um, that is the reason actually we did face major accidents but we didn't die uh, to be very clear on it and um, another thing is yeah it never occurred to us that we would discontinue the journey it was exhausting at some point yeah uh, just going to all the districts conducting the workshop it was very much tiring it was very tiring at some point we were like uh, just let me tell you on 27 we started from 2070 to 2018 we completed around 34 districts and the rest districts we completed only in 2019 so yeah it was very tiring a journey and uh, after 2018 we were like maybe we can't do it actually 
But at 2019, we thought that let's not get into any kind of job. Let's just finish this project and then get on something. And we actually were, uh, I mean, we were out of jobs for like six months just for this project. And um, yeah, I mean, it never occurred to us to stop. It motivated us more to continue on. And as for some, uh, you know, security issues, we always contacted with the administration, administration of that district, just in case. I mean, whenever we went to one district, we would contact with the de deputy commissioner, who is the head of the district, and tell him and inform him that, you know what, we are coming just to be sure that you know, just in case we can call him, but it never happened like that. I mean, in some, uh, at some districts, there were some, we faced a storm, we reached there at 1 a.m., um, but there, there did, we, didn't have, we didn't face any occurrences, but the administration was very positive and they actually called us up and just asked us if you are okay. So we had that as a backup. Yeah, that, and that's a brilliant idea, you know, to have that backup in terms of, uh, uh, you know, informing the cops. Um, coming to, you know, this huge gender inequality in the country, especially in the areas of reproductive health, empowerment, labor market participation, women in everyday life face a lot of obstruction. Do you see that changing in the past five years? Have you seen a change in the society with the kind of work that you've done on the ground? Of course, starting from the basic information of, you know, just letting the girls know that it's not bad blood, it's just you know, it's menstruation, it happens to all women, from there to the kind of uh, principles or kind of uh, people that you were meeting who insisted that, you know, there's a lot of sexism and there's obviously there's enabling of patriarchy. But do you see, have you in your personal experience felt that there's been a change in the society and especially through the work that you're doing? Okay, so I think the change didn't happen only for us. I mean, it, it is not only us. So yes, there is a huge change. And I think the gender inequality did decrease a lot over the past five years. And there are so many women working and being economically active and actually knowing their worth and not actually, uh, you know, being in the house and cook only. There have been a major change in the country and Bangladesh is moving towards very, very positive changes. And uh, that is, I think the major reason is also not only the government, but also the youth because there are so many young organizations right now. I mean, even if I talk about reproductive health, there are more than 20 organizations that are actively working on it. Yes, so there are different kinds of organizations working in all the social uh, problems of the country and everyone is trying to make a change. And there is a positive change only because everyone is trying to take a step from their own side. So say if I take a step and all the organizations are thinking in the same way, are taking a step, it is creating a major impact altogether. So that is what I believe that in five years ago, we didn't actually see women traveling. We didn't actually see women driving motorcycles, but now they sometimes don't need travels of Bangladesh because they can actually go somewhere if they want to. So that is what we wanted to do. We, we didn't want them to rely on any organization. We wanted them to go on their own, travel on their own. If they have any problem, they can law, they can tell us and we can take measures if needed. So that is what we uh, changed and people go and uh, women go and travel. Women are earning more, women are more into jobs and they are being financially dependent and they are actually standing up for early marriages, though it is happening in some parts, but I think in collectively, it has reduced a lot. Uh, so gender equality is actually, uh, 
taking place in the cities and towns more. But now I think uh, if we want to bring more changes, we can. what we can do is actually focus on the little villages that are around the towns. And then we can actually bring a worthwhile collective change all over the country. Over there. But you've already revolutionized tourism and travel in Bangladesh, especially for women. You've sort of normalized stepping out of the house and being independent. And like you said, feel the breeze in the you know in your hair when you're on the motorcycle but these are a big deal for women who have to be completely dependent on a partner or a male guardian to you know help them just experience uh, traveling through the roads um so how do you see that changing how do you see um the sense of freedom and sense of empowerment in women uh, changing over the over the years now so I believe that uh, what women needs to do now is like at first know their value and worth and actually uh, to believe that whatever they want to achieve, it can be done. I believe that, I think that women don't have this sense more. Like they are more like, yeah, we should be dependent on the male. Uh, whatever the male says, we do it. In some parts of the country, there is still that. But if they have this sense that it is not right, I mean, let's just say one example that I actually work in one of the remotest parts of the country. And there are so many women as a doctor, they come to me because their husband has actually, uh, you know, beaten them up and they are facing domestic violence. So as a doctor, I actually have to treat them. So whenever I ask them, why, why don't you like, you know, talk back? And they're more like, yeah, so he is loving me. It's his right to do that. So I think that whenever they have this idea or have this thought that this is wrong, only then they can actually make some changes. And if you can't actually make them believe or make them uh, or show them the point that this is wrong, then they would not understand. They think this is a kind of love. So uh, that is what I think that uh, to empower women only just doing um, collective workshops or you know bringing some uh, or making them economical freedom, it might not be enough. The thing is, we have to instill the idea that you have to be empowered because you are equal to a man. Not physically, this economic, uh, this equal thing comes from the mind. So a woman is never a step behind a man. They are always equal. So when they have this idea, only they can fight back and we can bring a change. Yeah. Amazing. Um, now, coming to the situation of the pandemic, how is the healthcare system in Bangladesh? You are working in one of the biggest refugee camps. Um, you know, how are you tackling the situation? Could you talk about the challenges you're facing as a medical professional? Yeah. So, so I have been tested like nine times, and every time it came negative. So that is very lucky of me. Uh, but uh, the country was facing the second wave, but right now like today, the cases are decreasing a bit. So that is a good sign. The country is under lockdown and the uh, lockdown is going to continue up, up to 16th May. A lot of people are not um, aware of the coronavirus yet. That is very weird, but they're not aware. But uh, the huge population that we have, the country scenario could have been much worse than it is. So in this case, I think the country is in a positive side. 
we have enough uh, oxygen and we have tried to vaccinate a lot of people by now. It's around five crores of people, more than five crores have been vaccinated till now. And um, as for my district, um, the cases were a lot in the second wave during the start of April. But right now, it, the cases are decreasing, so it is a good sign. And uh, you know, because I stay in the largest refugee camp in the world, the Rohingyas, uh, we, we call it FDMS, the Forcefully Displaced Myanmar Nationals. So whatever, uh, I mean, we hoped or we didn't hope, but it was like we, we were scared that they might be affected by coronavirus and it might be hard for us to control because they lay, live in such a congested place, is camps. But luckily, the numbers have not increased that much in the camps. So that is a very, very good thing up to now. And we hope the strains don't mutate and it don't come to Bangladesh. The international flights are closed right now. The domestic flights to the uh, tourist spots are closed, that all the tourist spots and the restaurants are closed. Let's hope what, uh, what, what would be the situation, I'm not sure. But we are treating patients as much we, as we can. And we are actually uh, worried about India's situation as well. And we are preparing our country if that situation happens. So yeah, we are we already have some meetings with the government um, and the non-government entities and had a meeting and how to control the situation if that kind of situation arises in our country. So we are trying to be prepared before it happens. Yeah, no, preparation is key, which unfortunately uh, did not happen in India. And we are in the middle of, uh, you know, very critical time in the country. But um, coming back to, because we're running out of time, I'm just going to ask you two very quick questions just to wrap up. What would you like, uh, what do you prefer being called? A full-time traveler or a full-time doctor? And secondly, what is your message for the young women living in Bangladesh? Uh, <laughs> the first question is quite hard. Uh, I would love to prefer called a full-time doctor first because that was my first motto in life. It was like, you know, um, I have to treat patients. Um, that that was that that's what I wanted all the time. But obviously, traveling is something that I'm very passionate about. Not needless to say, but I'm really passionate about traveling. So yeah, I think full-time doctor or a part-time traveler goes well. Uh, so yeah, so I think that 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 sounds fine. And as for the women of Bangladesh, I think the thing is, whenever you have some ideas, just go for it. I mean, if it is if it is better meant for the society, just go for it. Don't think about what people will think, what your family will think, society will think, or even if people will actually recognize you for your work. It happens eventually. It doesn't come uh, at the at, at fast. It happens with time, but. If you can actually change someone's life, it might be just one person that that is satisfied enough for the rest of your life. So that is what I feel like. So you would be passionate, whatever you are passionate about, just go for it. And I hope that together who are passionate enough can together bring a change and actually change the society and the cultures and whatever is wrong with the society, we can actually change the society and bring a positive change. All right, Dr. Sakya, on that note, thank you so much. It was truly wonderful to have you on the Sanya Faruqi show today. And I must say you have a dream job in the world, a full-time doctor and part-time traveler. I think all of us uh, would uh, do anything to be 
even if we can be one of that but yeah so um, you know good luck with the work that you're doing and i hope that we will get past the pandemic and you will be back on the road and i look forward to all your stories when you do start your travel logs again so thank you again so much for coming today and talking to us thank you sanya bye and and stay safe um, you know you uh, you are working in one of the biggest camps so just take care and we will speak soon thank you for watching i hope that you will follow us on our youtube channel follow us on twitter facebook instagram and spotify and do sign up for our newsletter for all the news and updates on the sanya paruki show i'm going to be seeing you again next week